It's a Thursday crossover, Lions and Falcons, Sunday at Ford Field. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday crossover brought to you by Prize Picks. Matt Derry locked on Lions. Aaron Freeman locked on Falcons. Here we go, Detroit and Atlanta. It's going to be a good football game on Sunday. The Lions, everybody's darlings this offseason, off to a one and one start. And all of a sudden, the Falcons, the, all of a sudden, the NFC South is hot. 2-0 Falcons. We'll get into everything that has to do with Sunday's game momentarily right here on Locked on Lions. Thanks for making us your first listen, checking us out. Wherever you get your podcast, this crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest, and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code in all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Follow Aaron on Twitter at FalcFans and me, Matt Derry, at Derry Speaks. Aaron Freeman, what's going on, man? It's It's got to feel good uh, for you and for Falcon fans, a 2-0 start, right? Yeah, the Falcons are the team that finishes games strong. That's been what the story this season, which is a, a new wrinkle on the Atlanta Falcons. They're known for finishing less than strong, for blowing some fourth quarter leads. And now it's all about getting those fourth quarter leads and keeping them. And that's been what's powering them these last two games. And I think this week is going to be a very big road test for the Atlanta Falcons. I know Falcon fans, is, I've, I've, I've spoken to a couple of Falcon fans, they're a little jealous at the love the Lions have gotten all offseason long. <laughs> and they're wondering, like, why why not us, right? You know, and, and basically my response to those folks have been, hey, you beat the Super Bowl champs in primetime, you'll get some love too, like yeah. the Lions did uh, in that week one opener. But, you know, fans are fans, and logic kind of goes out the window sometimes, and it's always the us versus the world mentality. And so I think for a lot of Falcon fans, they would love to go into Detroit this week and get that win and get maybe a little bit more national buzz and get the Falcons off to their 3-0 start. And, you know, history kind of tells you maybe that's the case because the last time the Falcons were 2-0 was back in 2017, and they beat the Packers at home in week two. And I think they went on the road the following week and beat the Lions to go 3-0. And so last week they beat the Packers at home to go 2-0. And now they're going on the road, and hopefully they can beat the Lions. Is that the top storyline? Let's get into storylines. I want to tell you a little bit and your listeners about the, the injury situation here, but is the storyline just uh, finishing games, fourth quarters? And I know your quarterback, uh, he's disappears the first three, but in the fourth, he seems to be pretty decent. Yeah, I think that's the big storyline. It's really, can the Falcons put together a complete game? And I think, you know, some of their topics this week for big stories is related around their injuries. Are they going to be able to get Cordero Patterson back this week? Uh, he's been kind of a healthy scratch the last two games. Jeff Akuda, potential revenge game for him, um, getting his first action of the regular season. I'm skeptical about him playing this week. I think they're going to probably try to ramp him up and maybe get him going next week in the London game against the Jaguars. But those are kind of the big storylines for this week. Yeah, here in Detroit, storyline is just it's a mash unit right now. And it's such a cliche to use that term. And I, I don't love it, but it's true. Uh, Lions went from, like you said, Media darlings all off season. People loved it. The Dan Campbell love going to Kansas City and win. 
whether you believe there was an asterisk or not, with no Kelsey, no Chris Jones, the Lions were impressive and physical and, and ran the clock out, ran the ball down the Kansas City's throats to ice that game. Uh, then this past weekend, right there with Seattle, played a good football game for the most part. Too many mistakes in the turnovers, but the storyline now heading into it, uh, this Atlanta game is, is the amount of injuries that this team has. Uh, David Montgomery may not play. Halapulavati Vitae, who's clearly their best right guard. I know they like Graham Glasgow as sort of a sixth man, but Vitae is, is going to be out. You lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson, James Houston, one of their top pass rushers. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, likely all week, is probably not going to practice much with this toe injury. So a lot of injuries, a lot of concern that, especially with a short week going into next week with Green Bay, that all of a sudden Falcons are playing well. What if the Lions drop this game and then have to play Green Bay at Lambeau in a short week? And you went from going, oh, we're going to be 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh, to, uh-oh, could it end up really being 1-3? and three? Because this turns out to be a much more dangerous game. You mentioned before about Patterson and Okuda. It's interesting for, for, for Jeff to come back. I'm assuming he would want to come back and play in this game. Like you say, have a little bit of a revenge game, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's, it's been interesting and we're, we're going to monitor Okuda's status in the practice report all week. But what's been interesting with Cordero Patterson, missed a big chunk of training camp. Mike Hughes, former lion also missed a big mm -hmm. chunk of training camp and Hughes before he got his first action week two, but he was a full participant in practice for week one. And then again, in week two, Patterson didn't get his full, first full participation until last week. So we're expecting him to get that this week. And so it does seem like the Falcons methodology has been, we're going to ramp you up if you missed a, a huge chunk of the summer. And that's basically Akuda missed pretty much the entire month of August. And so it's like two weeks of practice to try to work you into game shape. That's part of the reason why I'm not expecting Akuda to play that even if he does practice fully this week, um, it will be more of a week one of a two week ramp up to get him ready to play in that London game. So in train, let me follow up on Okuda because the fans want to know he was having a decent camp, right? And then he get hurt, and then he got hurt, uh, which has kind of been par for the course for him. But thank goodness it wasn't as more serious. And I think at first when he got carted off, right, uh, they were thinking it could have been long term. Yeah, that's exactly how it went down. Uh, but we got some pretty good news that it, he was going to be back early in the season, and so we're just kind of waiting. What does early mean? Arthur Smith is very uh nebulous with his uh injury reports he's, he's just <laughs> you know um but so it may be this week it may be next week maybe the week after we're just kind of waiting to see but yeah um you know when we get into the matchups you know the lack of jeff akuda has been kind of a glaring issue for this defense it, it feels like this defense has made major strides from previous years but there's one weakness and it's that cornerback spot opposite aj terrell and we're just kind of waiting for Jeff Okuda to come back to solidify that spot because Trey Flowers was really struggled last week against Green Bay. Um, didn't struggle as much against Carolina in week one, but that's, I think, mostly owed to Carolina's passing attack not being very good and, and not being able to exploit that. So, you know, I know the Lions are dealing with their own injuries at the receiver position, but, you know, this passing attack, I think, certainly could find ways to exploit that weakness if uh, Jeff Okuda is not back this week. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the secondary in Detroit with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson now out with a torn pectoral muscle. That means more time for Tracy Walker, who was a former starter and certainly a secondary teammate of Jeffrey Okuda's for years here in Detroit. So it's nice to have some depth. Uh, this has been a Lions team. As you know, Aaron, you and I have done plenty of these crossovers where we've talked about just no depth, no talent. The roster has been replenished, and there is depth. So you're talking about a former starter 
in Tracy Walker coming in at the safety spot and taking over for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And Tracy wasn't playing much because Brian Branch, the rookie, has had such a great start. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. If, if if a Walker or Kirby Joseph, who also is a little bit banged up, get hurt in this game Sunday, that's a big drop-off. There was not a big drop-off after CJ got hurt. But if, if that goes down and, and, you know, another injury in the secondary, then you're talking about a little bit of a drop-off. But Detroit's defense, you know, one week against Mahomes, and I know he didn't have Travis Kelsey. They, they really look good. Uh, but two sacks, two sacks in, in, in two games, or excuse me, one sack in two games, and that's it. They've got to get the pass rush going, and I'll see. It'll be interesting to see how the Falcons, uh, you know, kind of block for, for Ritter and do their thing, but we'll get into that coming up momentarily. Matchups is the next thing we want to get into. What's, what's Aaron thinking, what I'm thinking in terms of key matchups to uh, keep in mind? We will do that uh, coming up next right here on Lockdown Lions and Lockdown Falcons, a Thursday crossover. We told you before that it's brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Let's dive into it. It's simple. If you want to play a really, really fun daily fantasy game that it's all about the numbers and it's projections, it's not you against anybody else. It's you against the Prize Picks projections where you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. You're going to win a lot of money if you feel good about it. So check it out. Testing our skills on prize picks for Aaron and me has been a lot of fun this football season. You can turn $10 into $250 with our friends at prize picks this week. Talk about this game, a Bijan Robinson number, 60 yards, 70 yards. You want to go more or less, something like that. Probably more with the way the Lions defense has been playing and the way the Robinson's been. You can do that at prizepicks.com. You go there now, prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use the code lockdown NFL. For a first deposit match up to $100, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use the code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And we're also brought to you today by our friends at Jace Medical. That is right. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why our friends at Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. You'll actually, with Jace Medical, you'll have that access in the meds right in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy meds uh, and delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com, promo code locked on. All right, Thursday crossover, Matt and Aaron with you. Locked on Falcons, locked on Lions. Thursday crossover, of course, brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Daily fantasy that is uh, so much fun. All right, Aaron. So, matchup wise, you look at this team, these two teams, what, uh, what catches your eyes? They go head to head. Well, I think, you know, if I'm if I'm in the room with either Ben Johnson, Arthur Smith, Dan Campbell, I'm kind of looking at similar matchups for both of these teams. That I, I think you you look at each team, and I know in Atlanta we just talked about they have one kind of weaker corner than the other in Trey Flowers. Uh, even if Jeff Okuda does come back, you you hope that's going to be better, but it, it would be his first game back, and so you would probably want to attack him. And I'm sure Lions fans have some strong feelings about how good Jeff Okuda is, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, versus AJ Terrell. And I think it's similar to the Detroit Lions, right? You know, I, I watched the Seattle game and I'm, I'm watching Jerry Jacobs and I'm like, yeah, go after Jerry Jacobs. If, if you're 
Arthur Smith in this offense and just target that guy all day. And then you have both teams with two dynamic running backs, two rookies, first round picks, B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibson. You would love to get those guys isolated one-on-one against some of these linebackers. Um, You know, Caden Ellis for the Falcons, Troy Anderson's dealing with a concussion. He may not play Nate Landman, uh, stepped up nicely for him last week, played really good against the run, but still maybe is a little bit of a question mark in coverage. And you'd love that matchup between Jameer Gibbs against one of those guys. And the same, of course, with B. John Robinson going up against guys like Alex Anzalone or Derek Barnes. Um, and so like, I feel like if either team should just kind of spam those matchups and just go after whichever weakness. And I think the team that kind of best executes that ability probably gets the leg up in this game. No, I think you bring up a lot of great points. Uh, I'm looking at the quarterbacks on both sides, and I think for the Lions matching up, look, they've seen the film. We've all seen the film. We've all seen the three-headed monster. If Patterson's healthy, that the Falcons would have in the backfield uh, with Algier as well and Bijan. To me, the Lions have got to take those guys away and make Desmond Ritter, you know, earn his money and and and, and be a guy that's a difference maker. I mean, I. I've seen some tweets. I'm following you. I'm seeing what's going on. And it's like, you know, fans calling for why is Ritter still playing? Let's get the backup in. Let's, you know, all these things. And then the fourth quarter, Desmond Ritter is now turning into, you know, Steve Barkowski, Chris Miller. I'm, I'm dropping some Falcon love there for you. Uh, Michael Vick. I don't know. So I think early in the game, the Lions getting pressure on Ritter and rattling a young quarterback is a huge matchup. It's that D line. It's the guy. It's Aaron Glenn. Like you said, against Arthur Smith, who's such a great play caller in just designing some things because the Lions defense last week, like you said, Geno Smith at all day. Jerry Jacobs got picked on, but again, Jerry Jacobs needs some help. You got to have some pressure at some point. Uh, you know, one sack all last game, and that came from basically uh, Geno holding the ball too long and losing 17 yards at the end of the game when he could have just easily thrown the ball away. Anzalone got him. But we're talking about a really good offense, a defensive front led by Aiden Hutchinson that's banged up right now. But still, they were counting on some of these guys to really sack the quarterback. And instead, Hutch doesn't have a sack. Uh, and, and you've got one in two games. So to me, that would be a big matchup is taking away that run early, forcing Ritter into third and longs and 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 selling out almost against the run and making him throw. Um, I mean, what kind of letter grade are you giving this kid so far? uh a year and two games in i mean if i'm if i'm just judging off the like the first three quarters it's like a probably a c minus um fourth quarter it's like a a you know and so <laughs> i guess it, it balances out to be something in the b range but yeah i think you know stopping the run is gonna be hard no one has been able to stop the falcons run game really this year last year they're i think behind baltimore with the second longest active streak of 100 plus yard rushing games uh with uh, 17 i think the number is up to now um so or no i guess i guess it's 19 because yeah okay i'll have to double check that stat but um that's a big number yeah and so but you're right like the falcons offensive line has not been very good in pass protection this year and so if you can stop the run and, and get your ability to pin your ears back, if, if this Lions offense can get off to a fast start and make the Falcons a lot more one-dimensional earlier in the game, like I don't know if the, the Lions defense is the, going to be the unit that's going to be able to shut down the, the Falcons run game. So I, I really think it's going to be on the Lions offense to get off to a fast start at home. Hopefully, you know, for Lions fans' sake, uh, the Falcons have been slow starters at home. So you would assume that they'll probably also be slow starters offensively on the road. 
Uh, we'll we'll have to sort of see about that. And that's, I think, going to be their best formula to potentially add some sack totals. If you can get Aiden Hutchinson up against Caleb McGarry off that right side and him using that spin move, I think that could be very effective at, you know, padding the Lions sack totals this year. It's interesting because, uh, you know, I said earlier about the backup quarterback, I was thinking it was Mariota. It's not. It's Taylor Heineke, who I know is uh, probably popular down there a little bit and at times fans call for him but uh I don't know I, I you know week one when the Lions played the Chiefs you just knew Mahomes was going to make some plays he's the best there is uh this past week you figured as I like to call him future head coach Aaron Glenn would have made an adjustment after last season when Gino and the Seahawks put up a 48 burger on him and then instead go for 37 this week and you can't stop him in overtime they go right down the field and get a touchdown you don't even touch the ball so there's a little heat right now, again, on Glenn. Like, all right, what do you do against Bijan? That's all anybody's talking about. And, of course, the, like you said, the Robinson and Gibbs comparisons. Um, you know, Bijan's touching it, right, in all different situations. So is Gibbs to an extent. But if David Montgomery doesn't play this week, as he's got uh, a calf issue or a thigh issue, it'll be interesting to see if Gibbs gets carries between the tackles and they bell cow him. They've got... Uh, Craig Reynolds, uh, uh, as I like to call him, come on, Craig, Craig Reynolds. And also uh, Bam Knight is coming off the uh, uh, um, practice squad. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize their backs against that Falcon run defense. How's Atlanta been uh, against the run? They struggled in week one um, against the Panthers. The Panthers, I think, put up 150 plus yards rushing on them, just kind of smashing them in the mouth. Uh, they did a little bit better against the Packers last week, but I, I think some of that was just owed to the Packers with just much better moving the ball through the air uh, with their sort of quick passing game and, and designing some stuff. And, you know, not having Aaron Jones last week, I think probably led to them leaning a little bit more on their passing attack than A.J. Dillard was not off to the, the best start. So, um, you know, it's a kind of a we'll see with the Falcons run defense, the sample size is not big enough to to draw any strong conclusions, but when a team was committed to running the football against them, like the Panthers were in week one, they were very effective doing so. Aaron Freeman locked on Falcons, Matt Derry locked on Lions. It's our Thursday crossover brought to you by our friends at prize picks. When we come back, let's get into how the Falcons would win, how the Lions will win, and also some uh, predictions. Uh, fans got on me for predicting a loss against the Chiefs. And then last week I predict a win. Of course they lose. So I don't, I'm over two. So we'll see uh, where this all goes coming up uh, next. First though, we got to talk about our friends at bird dogs, bird dogs, make you look good. All right. Bird dogs, stretch khaki shorts, the stretch khaki pants are a lot of fun and they feel good. And they got that slim fit through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. All right. You're going to go to Lululemon. You're going to spend a ton of money on these pants and shorts. But they're not as good. They're just not as bird dogs. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit better because the regular shorts are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs, they fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion, whether it's golf, date night, evening out, pool, whatever it is. Bird dogs are a lot of fun. And uh, you're going to get that free gift, the free gift water bottle. When you make a purchase, it is simple. You go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL, enter promo code lockdown NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. Well, carrying these water bottles around, why not have the cool one, the bird dogs one? That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. 
All right, uh, here we go. So what's it going to take Aaron Freeman for the Falcons to get a win? The first road win of the year, first road game of the year with back-to-back home wins against Carolina and Green Bay. How do you think they win this game? Yeah, I think, you know, we've been pushing for a fast start for the Falcons the first two games. They haven't gotten that. So hopefully I think they get off to a fast start on the road. That's that. That's not usually the formula, you know, usually – uh, especially with a young quarterback, you tend to be a little bit better at home than you are away. So we need kind of Desmond Ritter to uh, buck the trend, I guess, in that and help this offense get going. But I do think running the football, generating some explosive plays off of play action, something that the Seahawks were able to do successfully last week. Falcons can kind of repeat that formula. Um, and if we can get Ritter to avoid some of the turnover worthy plays, right? He's only thrown one interception this year. He, um, but he's leading the league, according to Pro Football Focus, in turnover-worthy plays. He's had a couple of interceptions that were dropped uh, the last two weeks. So we need to see him play a clean game, and if he can do that, I think that's going to help this Falcon team because you know I do expect the Lions to put up some points in this game, um, and if they want to keep pace with that, you know, one turnover here or there could mean the difference in winning and losing this game. And the Lions know that from what happened last week against the Seattle Seahawks. And hopefully the Falcons will also get maybe a boost to their special teams. That may be another thing that could be the difference in winning this game. Um, and if Cordero Patterson comes back, you know, he can provide that boost on kickoff returns and whatnot. So if I'm going with a prediction, you know, you talk about Lions fans getting on you. I got a lot of grief <laughs> for picking the Packers last week. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to pick the Lions again this week. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to deal with the, the turmoil in the comments section. But, you know, I, I need to believe it. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it with the Falcons on the road. Um, first, I think this is a very winnable game for the Falcons. I think it's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter, and that's where the Falcons have shined these last two weeks, and maybe they make it three in a row. But I'll probably roll with the Lions winning this one 28-24. Interesting. Um, how did the Lions win? Uh, well, number one, and I know this, I, I was kind of scouring some sports talk down there and then also checking out your pod. I know the fans want more of Kyle Pitts. I know it goes back to last year when fantasy owners are like, where, where is he? Because he is so talented. Uh, the Lions cannot let him have his breakout day and, and go off. And the Lions last week could not guard the tight end, uh, Will Disley and others. So we're talking about a, a specimen in Pitts. So Lions are going to win. He cannot have a big day. And I just get a sense that that would be a nice little, uh, you know, building block for Ritter and for, for confidence early if he's finding his tight end. So uh, that would be something I think the Lions need to do. I also think, like you said, fast start. I mean, last week the crowd was into it. It was the home opener, standing room only, fourth largest crowd in Ford Field history. And Seattle got the football. Uh, Aaron went right down the field and scored with ease a touchdown. So, I'm not saying that deflated the balloon, but this week to get this this fan base rev back up, I think the Lions need to make a statement early and uh, impose their will on the Falcons. And if Ritter Ritter continues to struggle early on, the Lions have to take advantage of that. So I think that's going to be big. Um, and I think Jared Goff and that passing attack just have to continue to do their thing. If David Montgomery doesn't play, and it's it's questionable to doubtful here, uh, that puts a lot of pressure on a rookie running back that's a little undersized. And, and and Reynolds and others to to do the thing that Montgomery just David Montgomery just seems like all right he stopped for one or two yet somehow gets four or five uh, I've been impressed with him so far as a lion not that I didn't see him in Chicago we all did but um, I think that's going to be a big loss if he's not there so 
those are a couple things that I think would would give me uh, uh, make me feel good about Detroit. And uh, Lions have to play with discipline too. I knew it last week. I saw Alex Kemp was our ref last week, and I was like, this guy throws flags like crazy. And here the Lions have a couple cheap shots, a couple of uh, whistles afterwards, a couple of mistakes. Lions got to clean that up. But uh, I'm with you. I'll take the Lions to win. Are they going to be about 27-17? I think they played two very tight games that have come down to the end. Not that I don't think that is going to happen again. It might this week. But I think Detroit will win, win by 10. And I think getting to two and one, having to go to, on the road. Are the Falcons really going to go three and oh, Aaron? I mean, it's possible, right? I mean, do you think they're – that good to be a three and zero team, or I'm sure Falcon fans would have taken two and one after three games, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I think they're catching the Lions as you we talked at the top of the show. Like they're a little beat up this week, so I don't think you're going to get the best version of the Detroit Lions. And I think that's they kind of didn't get the best version of the Green Bay Packers due to some of those injuries with like Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari and then Christian Watson being out last week. And you know if Amon Ross St. Brown doesn't play this week, that's a huge benefit to the Falcons and. You know, as you mentioned, they may be down two starters on their offensive line. So I think those are all variables that favor the Falcons to potentially get off to that three and zero start. What, what what were your expectations? Did you have a win total that you kind of had circled? Yes, uh, you know the the comments have gone crazy because I, I had the Falcons <laughs> starting the season one and three, um, and you know if they get off to a three and zero start, then you know that blows that prediction out of the water. But how many wins total for the year did you think they were going to have? I, I had them starting slow and, and finishing strong, so I had them getting up to like 10 wins this oh, season. Oh, did you really? Oh, wow. All right. Make so it they, they need to lay off of you then. <laughs> 10 wins? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right? Although, I guess I guess going – it's the same thing with me. I had the Lions winning 10, 11 games, but I also looked at the division. I'm sure you thought the same thing. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. the NFC South is like beating up on the NFC North. Like the Bucks beat the Bears. You guys beat the Packers. It's, it's, uh, it's still very early. That's yeah. the thing, you know? We'll see. No, we will. All right, Aaron, great stuff, my friend. Uh, appreciate the time, and uh, let's have uh, some fun this Sunday. Absolutely. There he is. Aaron Freeman, Locked On Falcons. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. This has been the Thursday crossover brought to you by Prize Picks. Again, follow us on social media. Uh, subscribe to our programs, Locked On Lions and Locked On Falcons, on our Locked On Lions and Locked On Falcons YouTube channels. Friday show tomorrow for both of us as well.